0: rep radio on time on target i'm ian scotto on with me is the one and only kurt Schroeder, and i'm gonna boost your ego a little bit i remember the last time you were on i was breaking your balls because i was like we had uh brad on, who's a level guest and then we have you on and then i you know i i shouldn't say to my surprise because the the audience for soft rep radio doesn't surprise me when i see this like your show got significantly more listens like than a guy who's on the New York Times bestseller list every book that he puts out.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. And uh, I I can only surmise that uh, it's because they're waiting for me to say something stupid. But um...
0: <laughs> I think this audience just digs hearing from people that they read articles from every day. Um, and to them, like the, the way I would put it is, you know, Brad Thor, great guest. But I think people see it sometimes and they'll be like, Oh, you know, I've seen Brad Thor in Fox News. I've heard him give interviews. Even though ours was a lot more in depth, like this is the only place you're going to hear from you.
1: You know, it's got to be nice putting a uh, like a person or a character. You may not see our, our faces, but it's nice putting a character to these the whoever's behind the reading that you do. So, I mean, if they're reading the articles, I, at least I know when I read an article from a name and I see a name, but then I can have a chance to like listen to them talk and articulate things and you know it it gives it substance i I would
0: say Uh, so dude i gotta tell you this uh story on my walk here to the studio before we get into anything of substance let's hear it um you've been to new york i know visiting jack have you ever seen these people dressed as buddhist monks handing out gold coins or do i sound nuts
1: uh (laughs) i've heard of them but i don't think i saw them i did see the like super new age black
0: Panthers though. Yeah. yeah. And like stood outside for a sermon. So Um, yeah, I've seen those as there's, this is, I, I was going to say like a new thing, but it's not new at this point. It's been going on for probably like three or four years at this point. Uh, there's these, I mean, there's the people in times square dressed as like, you know, Mickey mouse and Minnie mouse. I have a story about that, by the way. Um, you know, dressed as like Buzz Lightyear and all that. But there's these guys, and I don't—I don't think they're actual Buddhist monks. I think they're dressed as Buddhist monks because uh, Buddhist monks don't do this, as far as I know. Uh, like they walk around the Midtown Times Square whole area of New York City, uh, Penn Station where I get off at, and then to walk here, and they hand out these gold coins. They look like they're handing you something complimentary. Um, it's the same thing also as those guys who have like rap CDs that are like, Oh, here you go. And they're like, Oh, you want me to autograph this for you? $10 whatever. So they're, they look like they're handing you these gold coins, but then they stop you and they want a donation. And dude, every fucking time that I walk to the studio, I see these people. And like, I know people in New York complain about like the homeless situation, which to me is more sad than anything. Like most of these people are in the corner nodding off. They're not really bothering you. Yeah. Uh, and you feel sorry for them, and, and it's, it's gotten worse and worse. These guys, however, are a pain in the ass because like, they just get in your line of sight, and as you're trying to go somewhere, and they can see you're maybe in a rush, and they're trying to hand you these gold coins. So I've wanted to do this for a while, but I just haven't done it until now. <laughs> They, you know, they look at me like they're handing me the gold coin and I just took it out of the guy's hand and keep walking. <laughs> and the, the guy was like, wait, wait, stop. And he's like touching my shoulder. And I just acted like I didn't see him, didn't hear him. Uh, but it wasn't even a fucking gold coin. It was like a laminated gold colored piece of paper that had like some prayer on it. But I was just like, dude, don't act like you're handing out stuff if you don't want to give it to me, uh, you know, I'm because I'm not giving you a donation for a laminated piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do it though. I've just, I wanted to do that for a while. I, you know, I ended up just like giving it to some uh, homeless guy along with some cash because dude, I don't like to steal anything from anyone, but it, dude, it's, it, it, trust me, it gets on your nerves. Just every day of these people dressed as Buddhist monks trying to hand you something. Dude, I feel you. The, um,
1: yeah. Uh, well, so I'm, I'm kind of from the Seattle area, and Seattle, the city itself, is not a lot different than New York. It's kind of why I like, I was some to some degree. I mean, New York's a lot bigger and more condensed, but uh, just to some degree, they're very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm somewhat comfortable coming to New York. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a, a leap for me. Um, you know, like I can imagine if you're from the Midwest and you come to New York you're like, Whoa, giant city.
0: And, and but, those uh, people are the ones who get suckered by everybody yes. selling something. Yes.
1: And so that was where I was going with it. The people in Seattle are, we, <laughs> it's just the same thing, you know? Um, we get a lot more musicians that, uh, uh, we'll just hang out and play music. And those are the people I love to donate to. Cause you know, they're just out there playing, yeah. doing their thing. And, uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, you got the same same kind of system going on. A lot of and a lot of homeless too, which um, you know,
0: yeah, it's the way way of the nation at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, because of opioids and all that. Will yeah, yeah. has a crazy story. Andrew Welcome. Up here, heroin's really bad. It's uh Yep. Yeah, I'm sure it is here too. I don't know what these people are are on, but they're all like nodding out. Um but yeah, Will Cowell, uh, who, as you guys know, I used to work with, had a crazy story about these people um, wearing, like, the costumes, the Mickey Mouse, like, you know, full costume or all that stuff. He was walking through Times Square with his daughter, who was younger at the time, and she sees, you know, what she thinks is Tinkerbell. It's just someone dressed up in the costume, and this woman, like, grabs his child out of his arms— and, oh, and then starts asking for money, and he's like, I don't want to scare my daughter, you know? And, like, they they basically threaten people for donations.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think I saw, like, the Spider-Man dudes and stuff. Yep. Like, when I went to, we, Jack and I went to the comic book store, um, and, uh, yeah, they, like, wander around. But they're, like, grungy, you know what I mean? They're, like, dirty. Yeah. Like, the costumes are always really, like, dirty and it's like oh man well like, no not to stereotype <laughs> n-
0: not to stereotype but i do suspect many of them are here illegally um because in general like you see them take those helmets off when I, it's a hot summer day and like it is usually latinos
1: yeah for sure uh, I, I would be inclined to gr- agree with you there i mean it the majority of them seem to be uh uh hispanic i guess
0: yeah. you'd say <laughs> yeah i mean so, so. It, it is what it is i mean i'm sure there's some people who kind of like the aspect of you go through times square and you see all this stuff but there's no regulation to it so these people could do out of control things like that like just grab someone's kid and and basically threaten them for a donation
1: yeah i yeah i mean i don't know I, oh I probably punch someone in the face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just, just not, like, That's one thing that you wouldn't see here, probably because they'd get punched in the face. We might be a little more violent over here, but
0: like <laughs> I don't know, New York could get pretty violent. Uh, I mean, despite
1: all the just, despite all the the pot smoking.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, there's a lot of that here too, hippies. man, when you walk through New York City. Like I don't think people care anymore. Um, yeah not as much
1: because i remember smelling it when we were walking around i was like oh that's surprising but like but you know it's legal here so like people just buy it and smoke right on the street corner no big deal you know
0: yeah no i have the same thing like, though where i smell my, it my
1: buddy my buddy who uh he he smokes um uh was uh walking outside and uh a cop rolled up and he was you know he just had a, like a vape he wasn't being obnoxious he had a little vape and the cop's like hey man and he's like yeah what's up man and like took a puff and was just standing on the sidewalk and the cop's like, you seen these, these people who look like this or whatever? He's like, yeah, I saw some dudes walking down that way. He's like, oh, shit, thanks, man, and drove off. And he was like, wow, that's that was just so surreal. Like, no one, he didn't even care.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it's becoming like that here, too, even though it's not legal. People just don't, it's not like a big deal anymore. And it's going to, I think it's going to become legal nationwide. It looks like it's trending in that direction.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, D.C.'s, uh, I think, getting ready to pass here soon. And, uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's the capital. So yeah, um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna go nationwide. Dude, the real hard part of this, the, the last of it will be the Bible belt, which is like, you know, <laughs> Georgia uh,
0: Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's that Merle there's Hager some- song it's- where he says, uh, well, what does he say? We don't smoke marijuana. Where, you know what song I'm talking about? Which one? The Merle Haggard song where he says we don't smoke marijuana in. I'm I'm gonna look this up. Ah, uh, shit! You gotta look it up though, because uh, i <laughs> You know what? You I know what, what? I've computer. been listening to a lot. Okie from Muskogee. Uh... Okie from Muskogee. He says, uh, uh, "Where? What are the lyrics? Yeah, it's about Oklahoma. Um, we don't smoke marijuana. Merle Haggard lyrics. Yeah, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. We don't take no trips on LSD." we don't burn no draft cards down on main street. So I'm, th- I'm just thinking of yeah. that area when I hear this, song when I think of, of this song. Yeah.
1: The, um, you know what I've been listening to a lot of as of late is a uh, Wu-Tang clan. I love and Wu-Tang it, clan. I
0: don't know how we got
1: from Merle yeah, well, to know, Wu-Tang, I, but I saw your, uh, uh, your tiger style thing. Actually, I got a sticker on my laptop of tiger style. Nice. But, um, I. I uh yeah I know it made me think of uh you and your your clothing. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. I forgot Ian's tiger style thing." But yeah, dude, I love me some Wu-Tang. Hell yeah, man. And uh Yeah, a little bit of that and uh some other oddballs like some a little Jedi Mind Tricks. I'm not huge into them. They're kind of conspiracy nut, but I
0: like some of their songs. Um my, my friends,
1: man. Tupac
0: and Biggie Dude. Yeah. My my friend Sam actually tours with Jedi Mind Tricks. Um, I've wanted to have R.A. the Rugged Man on the podcast because he did that song with Jedi Mind Tricks about his dad, John Thorburn, who was a Green Beret. Um, and the song is basically about how all of R.A.'s relatives were either died prematurely or were born with like big mental handicaps. And oh, you they didn't understand why. Oh, you're talking
1: about uh, uncommon valor.
0: Yeah, and it turned yeah. out his his father got Agent Orange while in Vietnam.
1: Yeah, that was a—that's a kick-ass song. I mean, it's uh, it's really cool the way they because it's split into two parts. Because the beginning of it's like really like, oh man, I'm naive. I don't want to go. Home. I don't want to be here. Why are we here in Vietnam? I want to go home. And the other one's about the guy who's like, yeah, I like this shit. I'm. I get to. I get to run around the jungle, carry guns do drugs and uh you know like it's like so it's like the duality of uh soldiering i guess i don't know i like that song a lot that's pretty it was pretty smart
0: yeah i agree me too and and it's based off his dad who really was a green beret uh war hero um but anyway i want to get into this email here i actually haven't uh read any emails on the show recently but i have to read this one sent to softrep.radio at softrep.com uh afternoon, gents. I'll try to keep it brief, but I just wanted to reach out and give you guys props for everything you've done so far and wanted to give credit where it's due. You guys keep it interesting, switch it up, and aren't afraid to dive deep into topics that a lot of people, especially in the mainstream media, uh, intentionally avoid. I'd never, I'd, I've never even listened to podcasts before, but I was, fu- I was so fucking tired of listening to music on my two-hour commute to and from work every day that I, for the first time in my life, opened Apple Podcasts. Somehow came across soft rep and haven't stopped since. My OCD wouldn't let me to listen to them out of order, so I sought out the earlier episodes and began binging morning and night, which, by the way, uh, I'm adding this in here, the title of this email is 380 Episodes in 6 Weeks. So I yeah, guess well. this guy is really saying he listened to every episode in six weeks, weeks which is insane to me. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. And by the way, people wonder like where they can get those older episodes. It's still up at, um, you know, SoftRep now has the NewsRep, but it'll redirect either way. If you go to SoftRep.com slash radio or the com slash radio, I don't know if we're moving that stuff, but all of the old episodes are still there as of right now as I'm saying this. So... If you want to binge on those old episodes, that's where they are. Um, Back to the email. Uh, Since I've started, I now consume uh, Bub's Collagen every day and still don't know what the fuck it is, but who cares? I'll explain that, I guess, after this. Uh, Read a fuck ton of books. Am I getting smarter? I don't know. Watched some awesome shit on the Spec Ops channel, better than Netflix, and have picked up some awesome fitness tips and supplements from the crew on here. You have literally changed the framework of my daily life all for the better. I'm grateful I found you, and you guys have earned a legit fan and faithful follower from here to Valhalla. Side note, I work in avionics with different models of our military's rotary craft with work, one of them being the MH47G, Special Forces version of the Chinook, Uh, Some of these bitches come back with holes blown in the side of them bigger than my head and a shitload of small arms damage. It's in my face every day, the things you guys go through and how real it really is. I have mad respect for angels of death. Keep making Mattis proud, uh, which is appropriate for you, by the way. Uh, And that's from Shep, Marine Corps veteran, four-year combat engineer, and four years as a combat camera.
1: Damn, simplified Fi, devil dog. Um, you know, what's a cool job. I'm sorry. I mean, all that, all that was awesome because, uh, we were just talking about a lot of this, like, you, you know, what gave uh, gives soft rep, uh, the edge right there. And, uh, he just put it into words, but, um, you know, what's a cool ass job in the Marine Corps is combat camera. It's underrated. Cause yeah, you're a pogue that gets to go out and literally get into the fight with the grunts while documenting it all. You know, like I just honestly, if I could do it over and I had to pick a, a non-combat related job, it would be combat camera, hundred percent, because you just get to see everything in the Marine Corps. And you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe it's because I'm I broke into journalist journalism late in the game, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, random sign sign tags in there. No,
0: I I hear you. I'm sure I'll appreciate hearing like, that.
1: I I met I met a, a Marine, a former Marine who. Uh, right uh, yeah yeah whatever who anybody screaming at their radio right now there's no such thing as a former marine you know what <laughs> I <mean. laughs> uh hey, I, I met a uh guy at a bar who was like yeah no i was uh and he was um <sighs> goddamn uh you know, so it was in mogadishu uh, anyway he was combat camera and he was there to uh uh who did we get out of mogadishu jesus it's before my time so forgive me um Gor- gordon uh, the down pilot. But he was he was there to f- uh, photograph a lot of it. And he's like, unfortunately, a lot of those pictures are never going to see the light of day because a lot of it was, uh, you know, classified, I guess. But and who knows what happened to him? Um, but
0: I'm, uh, I'm Googling this. You're not. Are you talking about Gary Gordon? Thank you, Gary Gordon. Yeah.
1: And he was uh, I guess he was he was telling me he was uh, he was there on the ground, you know, like when they did the rescue operation and stuff and. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how true it was. It was a guy I met at the bar, but either way, like, beside the point, the fact that you were able there to be there and document historic moments in military history is kind of cool to me. Like, you know, I just, you know,
0: you get to capture war and, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a really unique job. Yeah. I I agree entirely. I'm, I'm blown away by this email. The fact that you listened to all of that, it did, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I too. As cool. much as you said cool. that, yeah. like our show and website, you know, has have literally transformed your life, like we would not be able to write or do a podcast if it wasn't for people like you. So I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, with the bubs collagen, by the way, I, I will say I do take bubs regularly and Sean Lake is just a great dude. But when you said, I don't know what it is, but who cares? Um, the thing I like about bubs, um, Because you work out, by the way, all all the time, Kurt, I know. And and as uh, Alex was blown away by when he met you, he was like, Kurt is fucking yoked.
1: Uh, but that was, that was so
0: funny because
1: he's like, I didn't know Kurt was jacked or whatever he said. Yeah. Yoked. And I was like, Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess I just lift, you know, I just, I don't know. I just like to work out. So I, I, I feel crappy when I don't.
0: Yeah. No, same here. I just worked out before I got here. Um, I liked it, yeah. but so By the
1: way, no, uh, no homo, but, uh, you're looking, uh, looking pretty fit.
0: Bro. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, although I'm nowhere bulk, near on. You've up a little bit though. Since SHOT Show, you bulked up. No, I think I might be white. I don't know. I think I might be whiter since then. I think it's just more defined because I got really lazy with the eating. That's why at SHOT Show you saw me just devouring um, In-N-Out yeah, Burger. Okay,
1: for those of you listening, so uh, Mr. Scotto consumed – what What was it? Um,
0: I, I think I had in a and double – Was
1: it In-N-Out? Yeah, in and
0: out yeah, I think I had like a double yeah. burger animal yeah. style. In-N-Out.
1: In three consecutive sessions, like literally we left an In and Out, drove thirty minutes to another In and Out where he ate again and then like got some later that night.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest, this is slight hyperbole. I think I think it was two okay, all right. Maybe, yeah. I'm,
1: maybe, maybe it's a big fish story and I'm stretching it. But either way, like it was like one after the other. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was Jesus. literally right after,
0: but your Is, body gets used are, to it. You know are you, that, right? Are like you guys when, getting hungry. I'm getting hung. Oh, I'm starving. Like, <laughs> You doesn't, when you're bulking though, which you definitely have, oh, yeah. like doesn't your body just get used to eating massive amounts? I know I do.
1: And when it's more for me when I'm like, when I'm working out heavy and I've got a, a really heavy routine and I, especially if I do like start doing consistent like two hour workouts a day to day kind of back to back kind yep. of deal, then like my metabolism jumps up quite a bit. And I'm I'm like, holy crap, why am I eating so much? You know. Um but yeah it surprises you for sure.
0: So back to Bubs though, the reason I like yes. bubs, so I don't usually do any protein powders. I actually got into it, you know, i I'll, I'll usually eat a post workout meal because I'd rather eat a full meal than just rely on protein powders. If I do do a shake, it's usually, um, like oatmeal, milk, uh, some peanut butter, you know, cause I like to eat actual food as opposed to like, we don't know what's in a lot of these protein powders.
1: Yeah. Uh, the yeah. thing
0: I like about Bubs is it is, it is unflavored, just collagen protein. It, it that's what it is. And it, if you don't want to eat a full meal after a workout, it's really not filling and it tastes fine that you just like put it in water. And then you at least got some post-workout meal in there. But the collagen itself seems to help for any type of injuries and any of that. Like, I totally swear by the product. I've even said to Sean, I was like, if you ever need anyone to do voiceover for a commercial or something, I'll hook you up because, like, I I genuinely do love Bob Bob's uh, collagen protein. And then plus, on top of that, a portion of the proceeds goes to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, and he was like the best friend of Glenn Doherty. So it's just, it's a great, no bullshit product. So there's a free plug for you, Sean, if you're listening. Uh, but it was mentioned in this email. Um, all right, man. Well, I guess with that, getting into some actual content here, you wrote two really great articles recently. I think I'll read the full articles because they're they're pretty short, but... The first of which I would say is really some good news, although you have to caveat that with, you know, ISIS isn't completely out of the way, and I'll read this. Um, so this is okay. from Kurt. The crumbling skeleton of the Islamic State rattles on for now. Uh, it's been estimated there are twenty to 30,000 Islamic State militants still in Syria and Iraq, according to the UN's latest report. The group is standing on the brink of collapse as their strongholds have been lost and the influx of recruits has almost dwindled to nothing. The U.N. report estimated that in Afghanistan and Libya there are 3,000 to 4,000 members. However, in Iraq and Syria there are between 20,000 and 30,000 individuals, roughly equally distributed between the two countries. Among these is still a significant component of the many thousands of active foreign terrorist fighters. The U.N. sanctions monitoring team contributes in-depth reports on ISIS and al-Qaeda, biannually to the U.N. Security Council. The Islamic State-controlled vast expanses of uh, Syria and Iraq at one point. Now very little remains of the violent caliphate. ISIS lost the last of its strongholds last year when Syrian Democratic Forces Peshmerga and Iraqi Army, supported by coalition forces, took the cities of Mosul and Raqqa back. Both cities were considered to be the capitals of the caliphate in the respective regions. By early 2018, the Islamic State was limited to minor sections of land in Syria, despite UN reports claiming the group showed greater resilience in in that region. The report also said that ISIS was still able to mount attacks inside Syrian territory. It does not fully control any territory in Iraq, but it remains active through sleeper cells. The sleeper cells are still operating throughout both countries, but to little effect as local security forces continually strive to close the gap. Despite these crushing defeats, the UN report noted that um, that the amount of foreign fighters departing the Islamic State's ranks remains lower than expected. However, a great deal of these members have chosen to relocate geographically. The U.N. stated that significant numbers have made their way to Afghanistan. The Islamic State has around 3,500 to 4,500 members residing in Afghanistan, and their ranks are growing according to the U.N., Uh, That being said, new fighter recruitment has essentially come to a halt, and the current ranks are composed almost entirely of veteran fighters. Uh, Financially, ISIS is struggling as well. Their reserves have been estimated to be in the low hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars since they have lost almost all of the oil field that they once used to secure income. The Islamic State is now on their last leg, and the world is closing in wherever they can crush them so as I said, I think this is great news. however, tens of thousands of members is still nothing to sneeze at, of course, and right. um, hundreds of millions of dollars uh is it I'm just rereading this as well um in terms of low hundreds of millions um you know that they now have because of uh of oil fields that they no longer control. Once again, low hundreds of millions of dollars is still a lot that can be used for a terrorist group. Absolutely. Um, uh,
1: so we got to look at it in perspective, right? So like when they were, let's say the height of the caliphate, quote unquote, and when they controlled large swaths of territory where, you know, had networks all over place, contributors, you know, they were they were. Packing some serious cash. I, I want to say close to a billion, but uh, don't quote me. Um, they had a significantly larger amount of money at their disposal. Um, on top of that, they were thousands. That, that twenty to 30,000 uh, fighters that they're estimated to have now in those two countries uh, could be made up of foreign fighters like volunteers alone. Um, at their height. So, uh, it's a significant reduction. However, as you said, there's still quite a bit that can be done with those numbers and that amount of money.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for people who, who don't know who I, as I assume there's always people tuning in to new shows every week that we're doing stuff, you know, you're a guy who's been over there, not just as a Marine, but as a volunteer fighter with the Peshmerga um, so, I mean, I, I just always like hearing your perspective of, of how they're going to continue this fight against ISIS.
1: You know, I, I try to be, remain pretty unbiased, especially in my writing towards these things. But on the personal side of it, um, it's incredibly rewarding to see that um, it wasn't in vain, I, I guess.
0: Yeah, the, the question is, and I, we talked about this the last time Luke Ryan was on the show – You know, like, what's the future of of just combating Islamic terrorism over there, working with the governments over there? Uh, And when you look at the solutions, it's sometimes hard to say it wasn't all done in vain because, uh, you know, if you listen back to that episode and and you hear it, like, there really are no easy solutions of, of where we go from here.
1: Right. And that is the other thing. I mean... We always knew this about the Islamic State. Like, yes, the immediate problem was them in mass and we needed to destroy their collective. But we knew the moment they got small, they'd revert to old tactics and go back into the populace and into these small terrorist sleeper cells once again, which they're using to great effect in both those countries, by the way, to ambush uh, security forces and stage actual terrorist attacks as opposed to more conventional um, assaults. So – uh, we knew the pro. This was coming, but you know, it, nothing was going to change that. So but a,
0: as I said on that last episode with Luke, and as more importantly, Luke says, because you know Luke's a former ranger, uh, it, it's increasingly obvious that that these countries that we're doing nation building in, they they don't want anything remotely like a Jeffersonian democracy. So it's like, you know, you just wonder, what is the point of nation building? What will the nation look like 10 years, 100 years down the line?
1: Well, but here, so it's actually, I I think it's been pretty successful for Iraq and Syria this time around. Because as opposed to us going in and fighting the war for them and trying to establish governments and stuff, instead we supported their local forces, let them fight their war, Let them set up their government and um, right now it's going pretty strong. They're having some issues with water and the – and electrical infrastructure. Um, But outside of that, um, they held largely unhindered um, parliamentary elections in Iraq. Uh, Syria is seeing some serious interjection by Turkey (laughs) but – Beyond that, everybody – it's starting to stabilize somewhat. Um, and Then the other part is this region has just been uh, – there's nothing that is going to – listen, there's nothing going to stabilize this part of the world short of a genocide at this point. And that's terrible to say mm-hmm. but literally with the diversity and the uh, amount of factions out there all fighting and fighting for power and land, resources, um, unless anybody gets completely wiped out – um, it's going to continue.
0: I hear you, man. Well, the article, for those who want to read it, once again, is The Crumbling Skeleton of the Islamic State Rattles On For Now. That's up right now at com. So another article that you have up, uh, which I thought was interesting and, and shows a um, really unstable relationship between the U.S. and Turkey— Uh, Turkish state-run media leaks classified information on U.S. military bases in Syria. Uh, Turkey-United States relations are strained. What started with the detention of an American pastor and the levying of tariffs has worsened after a serious breach of military operational security. This is especially significant given the, given the two NATO members' close military cooperation an air base in Turkey and coordinated training efforts. In the most recent act of animosity bordering on aggression, the Turkish state sponsored, uh, and you, you might know how to pronounce this better than me, Anadulu News, is that correct? Anadolu news? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, agency That's correct. published a highly specific report on the locations of U.S. military bases in Syria. The lengthy report also provided the number of coalition soldiers from various special operations groups... Located at each outpost This included U.S. and French operators All the information was likely leaked Because of not only the diplomatic and economic tensions But also the coalition's support of the Kurdish YPG forces in Syria France's, France 24's Turkish correspondent Jasper Mortimer Claims the leak was entirely intentional Given the Turk. Given Turkey's, government, uh, Turkey's governmental oversight of Anadolu, uh, Mortimer stated that it certainly was intentional. Anadolu Agency is the hand-servant of the Turkish government. It would not have published this report without the green light from the top of government. War correspondents do not give the number of troops in the unit to which they are attached. That is seen as giving information to the enemy. But here, Anadolu News Agency appears to have done exactly that. The article titled "U.S. Increases Military Posts Supported PKK, PYD in Syria" advertises U.S. military locations within the Kurdish-held territory in northern Syria. Turkey has a long history of conflict with the Kurds. The U.S.'s support of PYD, the Democratic Union Party, and YPG, the People's Protection Units, has consistently angered Turkey, given the organization's affiliation to the PKK, Kurdistan Workers' Party, a terrorist labeled, a labeled terrorist group. The PYD is a governing political faction that maintains diplomatic oversight on the YPG. Both also play a role in the Syrian Democratic Forces, the SDF, that the United States-led coalition has utilized to great effect in the battle to eliminate the Islamic State. Mortimer claimed that Turkey sees the YPG as an affiliate of the PKK, and Turkey has long called on Washington to withdraw support for them. But there's a difference between calling on America to withdraw support and actually advertising the details of that support. The report specifically said that 200 U.S. soldiers and 75 French special forces units were located just north of Raqqa in the town of Ain Issa. The U.S. defense and state departments were not happy in the least with the actions taken by Turkish media. Officials claim that the whole situation has put coalition lives in danger. Pentagon spokesman Eric Payon said the release of sensitive military information exposes coalition forces to unnecessary risk and has the potential to disrupt ongoing operations to defeat ISIS to reporters during a press conference last week. The whole thing is just another straw on the camel's back. uh, That is U.S.-Turkish diplomatic relations. How many more will it take to break them? So this is really interesting. The U.S. for a long time now has definitely had a strained relationship with Turkey, and this is a this is pretty bad to put U.S. troops in danger by putting out a report like this from state-run media. So
1: Turkey's really pushing the envelope um, as of late, and it started with Operation Olive Branch, which was uh, <laughs> the I, you got to wonder if Erdogan or Erdogan, excuse me, I like to call him Erdogan because that's what the Kurds called him. <laughs> so uh, I, I mispronounce it. Um,
0: You're talking about Erdogan, I, right? And I, you always say Erdogan.
1: Yeah, that's how I always say it. Um,
0: but uh, it's really, it's
1: Erdogan. But uh, anyway, President Erdogan.
0: <laughs> you said <laughs> that in the uh, last episode, and I was just like, man, I'm no expert on Turkey, and I know it's Erdogan, <laughs> but I was like, all right, I guess this is just Kurt being... Dude, we have a history of guys on the site mispronouncing things. I remember Derek would always say Boko Raham and not Boko Haram, and that got on a bunch of people's nerves.
1: Um, uh, no, uh, the the Kurds, uh, call him Erdogan. So that's how I learned him and always said it when I was there. So, <laughs> um, but he, uh, you got to wonder if he's like, just trying to be like fucking cheeky. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, Operation Olive Branch, really, but it was to invade the sovereignty of Afrin and Manbij, which never happened on the second city. But Afrin got totally taken over by Turkish military forces. Kurds were pushed out. Um, and then he went after the PKK in Shangal or Sinjar, um, which they recently conducted an airstrike on a uh, PKK commander who was driving on a road there, which is located within Iraq, I might add. So now they're conducting airstrikes on neighboring countries. And on top of that, they're just really pushing the envelope with the U.S. Uh, You know, (sighs) I don't know. I don't know what their endgame is, but damn, they're ballsy. That's for sure. Like, uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to last them.
0: Yeah. When when you say that you don't know what their endgame is, though, like, who do you think – uh, well, like, what do you think is the benefit of, of doing this for them? Is it relations with uh, Russia? or I mean, why, why did they do this?
1: Honestly, I just think they're belligerent. Um, the president wants to sh- – not ours, or Erdogan <laughs> – wants to show uh, – I think he wants to show uh, what he views as strength, especially given the uh, coup attempt not long ago and uh so he's taking very aggressive actions in all directions which might not be the best plan um because eventually i mean you i'm sorry i'm just you don't mess with the united states don't do it like we'll smash you and that's what i love about the united states like we will not put up with anybody's crap
0: what do you think will happen between the U.S. and Turkey when, when things like this continue to go on?
1: Well, if it continues, I, I – you know, we will take steps eventually. A push – one, they are a NATO ally supposedly, but eventually they're going to go too far. And the potential to get booted is there, especially if they continue to um, – you know – uh, they continue their transge- transgressions against uh, – especially na- nations that we view as uh, pseudo-allies like Iraq, Yeah. Um, given the amount of time uh, and resources we spend there or in the Kurds. Um, God, I hate to say we'd ever be bold enough to go to war with them, but I think deep down, it's something that might actually end up having to happen.
0: And they're also a country we do a significant amount of trade with. Right, which
1: I don't – see, here's the thing. Like you could be like, well, we can't jeopardize that. No, no, no. They're jeopardizing that. And I think we are tar- starting to take steps like the tariffs and uh, compromising their economy in small, subtle ways. That is – where we mean it to be a uh, a deterrent and – I don't think they, they haven't figured it out.
0: Gotcha, man. Well, the, the article, if people want to read it, is Turkish state-run media leaks classified information on U.S. military bases in Syria. Uh, that's up right now, the thenewsrep.com. Uh, and I'm sure that they'll continue over there on the site to uh, report on you know the straining relationship between Turkey and the U.S. And if we see any other reports out of state-run media like this in Turkey... Dude, always great having you on. I know the audience loves these episodes with you, um, so appreciate it. I would have you give out your Twitter and Instagram handle and all that, but I know that you are uh, not an easy man to find, and you're not on any <laughs> of that.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm
0: pretty low key that way, but <laughs> you do have Facebook, but I don't know if you give that out publicly. So,
1: no, I mean you can. I people find me. I know uh, it's surprising. People who actually want to. They find me on facebook but i just leave their friend requests in the in the request box so
0: <laughs> you're a horrible human uh, being
1: uh, well you know i mean if you reach out and message me and like you know and it turns out you're legit like there have been a few fans who've reached out and like hey i read your stuff um you know it's cool if you read this or not blah 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 i'm gonna send me a request and i'll be like oh thanks and they get a cool dialogue going with me or whatever and i, I sometimes i add them but uh um <laughs> yeah for the most part i don't know i'm pretty quiet private guy like if I don't know people I don't really want to you know I don't know (laughs) I'm private
0: well if you see a guy I guess the only hints I can give if you see a dude who looks like he works out with a gun tattoo on one arm and neck tattoos it just might be Kurt Schroeder (laughs) if you're in the if you're in his (laughs) area that sounds
1: terrible I sound like a gangbanger or
0: uh (laughs) You could be Uh, at the the same time, you look like a very happy guy, a bad guy in a diehard movie. That's (laughs) how else would I describe you, man? Hey, if you were in court, they'd, they'd, you know, that's how they'd describe you. (laughs) They'd be like neck tattoos, you know, it does it, 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 but then again, neck tattoos and even face tattoos have gotten way more common,
1: Yeah, yeah, man. And you know, um. I actually uh my my neck tattoos are pretty subtle subtle. Yeah, yeah. They're just like they're literally just a couple lines, you know what I mean? It's nothing like uh, elaborate. It's literally just black ink and like some shapes, some triangle shapes. So I mean, uh but like yeah, you see these guys out there with like big flower neck pieces, it's getting a lot more common. The face ones
0: not so much, but you know uh Well I feel whatever. like every one of these like mumble rappers has a million face tattoos.
1: Yeah, that's like it's like I feel like they think that <laughs> they have to mumble rappers. I like that.
0: It's what they, they are. They feel like
1: they have to get it to like you know belong. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't, if you don't got a face tattoo, you're not legit.
0: If I mean walking around New York City, it's not that uncommon to be honest. Oh, uh, well, I
1: guess yeah, that's true. I haven't been by in a while, but yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, you, you all are kind of on. I won't say fringe, but you are on the, <laughs> shall we say, the cutting edge of. Uh, fashion and trends
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right man well dude great uh great talking to you as always and i look forward to reading more of your stuff all right thanks for having me on man cool i always enjoy having kurt on admittedly both of us get a little bit add whenever we get into a discussion together uh (laughs) it's just how it is so we went all over the place but i think that those two articles are really worth reading so um Once again, check those out at thenewsrep.com. If you click on Kurt and see his latest articles, those are there. Uh, As always, there is only one club out there with gear handpicked by special operations military veterans from several branches. And that, of course, is Crate Club. I'm looking forward to the future collaboration with NFW Watches. They're doing an exclusive Crate Club watch for premium tier members. That's coming soon. There's different tiers of membership depending on how prepared you want to be. And gift options are available as well. You can check that all out at crateclub.us. Once again, that's crateclub.us. For you dog owners, check this out. You're going to love this. We've just partnered with Kuna. They have a team of trained canine handlers picking out a box for your dog every month of healthy treats and training aids. It's custom built for your dog's size and age as well. The products are U.S. sourced, all natural, and they not only promote a healthy diet, but also promote being active with your dog. So whether we're talking a pit bull or a chihuahua, this is just what you're looking for. You can see all of that at Kuna.Dog. That's Kuna.Dog. It's sufficient for you. Your dog will appreciate it as well, of course. And that's spelled C-U-N-A dot D-O-G. Also, as a reminder for those listening, for a limited time... You can receive a fifty percent discounted membership to the Spec Ops Channel, which was referenced in that earlier email. Uh, as our our um, emailer said, better than Netflix. Thank you very much. Uh, our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. The Spec Ops Channel premiere show, Training Cell. Follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country. Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to the Spec Ops channel at specopschannel.com and take advantage of a limited time offer of 50% off your membership. That's only $4.99 a month. Check out the app developed by Chris uh, in the iOS store or the Android app. Just look up the Spec Ops channel. If you're a subscriber, you can watch all of that great content on your phone. Although it's probably better to watch that on, like, a nice computer screen than on your phone, but sometimes you're on the go. That's where you're going to watch them. But I often think about it. I've heard these, like, Hollywood producers and directors say, like, I didn't make these movies for people to watch them on a little phone screen, and I kind of feel them on that. Uh, you know, luckily with what we do audio, it doesn't make a difference if you're listening on an iPhone or great set of speakers. You know, if you're just listening to a voice it's in mono anyway, uh, but yeah. Oh, and also speaking of apps, I got on my phone today and I saw the soft rep app is officially the news rep app. So Chris has updated that Chris is always right on the ball of doing all of our tech stuff. For those who don't know, Chris has been involved with the site like literally from the very inception before I was here. So he's a huge part of what goes on. I always have to give him a shout out. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soft Rep Radio. The Instagram is nearly at 3,000 followers. I'd like to get there. I know that's not a huge number, um, but a lot of you guys don't seem to do the social media thing like Kurt, so that might be why. But for those that do follow the Instagram at SoftRepRadio, I'd like to get those numbers up. Uh, I am on Twitter at Ian Scotto. You could follow me, see what I'm up to. If you have any questions, I will answer them. You know, I don't really do any like Q&A type thing, but if you just have questions, shoot them over to me at Ian Scotto and I'll try to answer them. Uh, My Facebook is facebook.com slash Ian Scotto radio. And that's it. Go to thenewsrep.com, see the latest articles from all the guys, and I'm out. You've been listening to
1: Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.